0: What's going on, everyone? Alex de Silva, happy as Larry group. I hope you are well, and welcome to another episode of the Feel Good Show. I hope you are well and having an amazing week. And this morning, today, wherever you are in the world, I have a really lovely guest, Heidi, who is the co-founder of Grade Busters, and you're also an advisory teacher. Um, I met Heidi through an inner circle, we both did separate courses but we kind of came together in this mentorship um which we're currently on at the moment and you know we we kind of hit it off because of you know what she's currently doing and i wanted to bring her on a show to talk to you guys about grade busters and about her experience and, and what she can bring to the table so welcome to the show Heidi
1: Hello, Alex. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very
0: excited. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. So um, talk to me a little bit about your... I don't want to jump into Greybusters just yet, um, but I guess kind of lead me up to, to, to that so we can kind of get a bit of an understanding as to how you kind of got to where you are right now in, in this personal journey. Yeah, sure.
1: Of course, um, Alex. Um, well, I, I, kind of, I suppose, how did I get where I've got to? Um, I kind of have to go back to, I came to a junction point um, in my life and um, I'd just completed, uh, I'd just been awarded a first class honors degree in three dimensional design. And I had a, a decision to make. Was I going to go carry on and do a master's in my design work or was I going to do a pro- postgraduate degree in teaching? And, um, I was just so so led to teaching. Um, I just saw teaching as a vehicle to interact with people and help others. Um, being able to help others is an absolute main driving force of kind of the person of who I am. And helping others is an intrinsic element of my character. It's just the way I am. It's extremely mm. deep-rooted. So by following that passion, um, the teaching route would allow me to learn as well how to nurture the best out of people, which in turn would eventually because I was hoping at that point, at one point in my life, to hopefully have a family, which I have my own children, which is uh, thrilling. But yeah. I thought that would also enrich that aspect of my life as well. Mm-hmm. But I also knew, and I'm not sure why, but I always knew I wanted to create my own business. Yeah. So I kind of believed this would give me a flexible career to enable me to have the time to earn the money. So in teaching, don't you? You get the, the opportunity mm-hmm. where you can do part-time supply teaching or you can be a head teacher, have a career. I thought, well, if it, it gives me that flexibility, mm-hmm. I can maybe go part-time and do my business then. Yeah. And that's kind of what, where I went, actually. I didn't carry on going through the design route. I went into teaching. And well, that's kind of what projected me to this route now and where, where I am now, Alex.
0: That's amazing. And this is the interesting thing about life, isn't it? We always begin with, with one idea, you know, and then something starts as a, sometimes as a personal passion, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, we generally tend to kind of come to that fork in the road, right? And, and we have to then make a decision as to, you know, do I go by generally sometimes kind of people following, you know, the path of what society wants us to, to go down? Or do we go down the gut instinct and what I'm really, really passionate about, which sometimes it's a hard decision because some people have to make a decision whether to follow the let's make loads of money and, you know, let's be successful or, let's probably not follow down that same path, but let's do something that I'm really, really passionate about and I really love. Was that kind of the sort of the junction that you were in?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Alex. You you hit the nail on the head there. It was very much, well, you know, I've been given an award for a first-class degree. I really should keep doing my design. Um, And those messages, you know, the logical route was saying, go down that path. (laughs) But then my heart was saying, I kind of got this feeling if I was sitting down, I mean, I loved, I love designing, absolutely do, but I was very concerned that it would feel quite a lonely career and Mm. interacting with people was that kind of, as you said, that, that deep rooted passion, that feeling, that Mm. kind of, so, you know, I did, I went with my heart and
0: and here I am now. Yeah, good for you. And how long have you been,
1: how long have you been teaching? Oh my gosh. Uh, Right, well, um, I've been teaching for, well, I was teaching in mainstream and I've taught all age groups that you can, all year groups. Um, I was teaching sort of for 10 years uh, before I then started to make uh, the transition. Uh, So I've kind of been teaching for quite some time um, Mm. to enable that. But it's actually quite an interesting journey, really, Alex, which gave me that foothold to make the transition. Because Mm. what you find is, I got myself into teaching, and I found it incredibly stimulating. I mean, no day is the same in teaching. It's not a job where you can sit down, put your feet under the desk, and have a coffee when you want. You know, it's every day is completely different, and you know, it, it really is very exciting and stimulating. So once I found myself in that environment, I kind of lost my way with my passion with regards to creating a business. But then an event happened that Mm -hmm. turned the tables for me. Mm -hmm. Um, what had happened, Alex, was um, I had actually become a really successful teacher in the fact that I've got really high results for my students. In actual fact, um, we'd had a visitor, uh, somebody, uh, an advisory mathematician who was observing over 30 schools and assessing uh, where the mathematics and the, the quality of teaching Now, through that, I actually was awarded accelerated pay because of the outstanding nature of my lessons and the results. So I was feeling pretty proud of myself. I was working incredibly hard, Alex. I was working every hour. I was going in all holidays. I would, you know, I'd I'd leave school after the cleaners at 10 o'clock at night. I was really driven within my teaching. However, I had my first child, Mm -hmm. and I was a little bit concerned that I wouldn't be able to balance the pace of life and looking after my own children. So um, I approached the head teacher and said, look, you know, obviously I'm I'm loving my job, but for the moment, it might be an idea if I think of another role where I can balance the both. Now at the time, the head teacher was really incredibly supportive and uh, he created a, a role, a post for me. However, unknown to me in the background, what I wasn't aware of and head teachers did know is there was a restructuring in the education system. Right. Now, how, how it works is, um, you're given a number of permanent contracts through each school and you can only have that many because obviously it's all to do with budgeting and finances. Now, they were going through a restructuring and anybody who did not have a permanent contract would. Um, in effect, either have to go be deployed to a different role, a completely different job that they may not want to do, or actually have to leave. And I didn't know this was going on. It was all happening behind the scenes. Now, within the school, the head teacher's own wife was a teacher and she was a part-timer and she did not have a permanent contract. And what happened was <laughs> for the, well, I suppose the good fortune for the head teacher, yeah. he saw an opportunity by, Changing my role to a part timer, he could relinquish he could take away my permanent contracts and give it to someone else now i didn 't know this. I was mm. not aware of what was going on structurally yeah. so this is what happened. I was thinking brilliant i 've got a part time contract you know everything 's fine and then after all the shenanigans and the paperwork and the administ- <laughs> administration was sort and I was doing the role. I was then called into the head teacher's office, and I was informed I was a budgeting error, and that I no longer had my role. Oh. Now, can you imagine, Alex? You know, being someone—I I, was—I was a senior manager. I was leading the school. I'd led all subjects. You name it, Alex. I had done it all. Yeah. I was at the top of my. <laughs> and then, of course, all of a sudden, the tables were completely turned. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, I went through um, a series of emotions, you know. Yeah. I felt a bit angry to start with, you know. I was thinking, how can they do this? They didn't even tell me this mm. restructuring was going on. Um, so that, Alex, was a massive, massive lesson in my life. You know, that yeah. When it comes down to it, I kind of thought, oh, no matter how hard you work, no matter how brilliant you are at your job, mm. at the end of the day, I was still just a number. Yeah, and uh, that that was difficult, Alex, to take yeah. on board. Yeah. So you you can see that kind of pushed me to kind <laughs> of make a transition, but also, Alex, at the same time, which is really ironic, my husband um, is um, a teacher; he's in education as well. Right, and what he was doing. He, he was head of mathematics at that time. Now he's a vice principal of a, of a school. But then he was a head teacher, uh, not a head teacher, uh, a, a head of mathematics in his department. And what he was doing, he was putting loads of, of free lessons on. He mm-hmm. was giving lessons after school. He was doing lessons all through his holidays just for kids that were going to take their GCSE that year. Mm-hmm. He was trying to give them as much time as he could to ensure they got the best out of their results. Mm-hmm. However um some of the other teachers in the school complained and said that what was happening was kids were giving too much time to mathematics yeah. and other subjects were suffering so he was again, he was called into the head teacher's <laughs> office and actually got told off you can't wow. provide these lessons you know yeah i mean to this day alex i still find it really bizarre you know yeah. someone is giving 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 yeah and then you get told off for it. Yeah. So, you know, it was at this point, these two things happened at a very similar time. So, you know what? I thought, feeling very kind of cross at the time, yeah. while I, you know, of our situation, um, I thought, right, well, I want to, you know, why not create our own business and hmm. charge for these things that we were doing for absolutely free, which we were so
0: incredibly passionate about. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. And, and you know what? Everything that you described there, I was really listening and really intent into it because I always think it's, it's always interesting to hear people's journeys, <clears throat> you know, when they get to this point now, which is where you are, you know, you're kind of beginning that, you know, you're, you're the start of your business, <clears throat> you know, and you're starting to take your journey. It's almost like you're taking control um, of your destiny, you know, whereas previously you and your husband, you know, you were putting everything in, into into your passion, into the thing that you love. And this is the thing, you made two choices. You know, you could have gone down the design route and, you know, and, and probably had an amazing career there as well because of the drive and how passionate you are. But you decided to, no, actually, I'm going to do something different. And the, the, the one thing I took away from that is it doesn't matter what happened in between, you know, that part with the head teacher and you being let go because it's almost like, you got given that opportunity anyway. Do you know what I mean? The door's just open. So it's almost like you've got the the time and the experience and everything that you need. And it's almost like life just turned around and says, don't worry, this is what I want you to do. You know, and then the door's just open. And then funnily enough, and then it also seems to have happened to your husband exactly at the same time, you know? So then both of you were able to say, well, let's just do this. You know, and let's just go with it. Um, I have a question around, because um, I, I have a few friends who who, who are teachers and unfortunately they, they came out of, of, of the industry because <clears throat> sometimes around similar reasons, you know, and and also I think with the frustration with the education system. Um, and in the 10 years that you've been teaching, have you found that there's kind of been a change? And one of the things you picked up on which was interesting. Um, I kind of take that two ways when you said, you know, your husband was, you know, teaching out of his own time. You know, you were staying in school up until 10 o'clock at night. This is the thing that people don't understand, you know, about people say, oh, you know, teachers are so lucky, they get the whole summer off. Yeah, but teachers also have to stay behind until 10 o'clock at night, you know, and I remember some of my friends saying, you know, some of the work that they have to do in the background, which we don't get to see. You know we just get to complain of the fact that they get the whole summer off you know what i mean and they deserve every single day you know now that i understand how much you know you have to do with regards to work um have you seen you know i guess my question is kind of the same you know that kind of that change in the 10 years that you were there um you know in 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 the system where i guess it seems that you were so free and, and able to to really get involved with with students and what I hear, you know, I'm taking kind of from when I was in school. Where now it seems that you are literally just given the curriculum. Doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. This is what you're going to deliver, and that is it.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I, I I can hear what you're saying. What the story you're explaining with regards to people you know in that business, in that uh, that profession. Yeah, many of them uh, feel the same as what you have described. Um, I, I actually, I mean, I never actually left, ed, ed, well, I, left, I never kind of really left education because obviously um, I then started to set up my own business and I've continued in the field of education, but in different roles. Sure. So not only do I run Grade Busters, but I also do um, two and a half days a week, week advisory teacher role. So I work across, uh, you know, over 30 schools and where mm. there's a problem, um, it's where I go in and support um, head teachers or deputy heads or, or teaching staff. And um, what's a real privilege about that, Alex, is I get to do a lot of observations. You know, I go into schools and I see what is happening. Mm-hmm. And um, what the points that you're relating to, I see that. I see that some mm-hmm. teachers really do feel the frustration that sometimes they have to deliver things that actually they don't feel necessarily are right for what their students need. Um, and uh, they, they do, do find that quite, quite wearing in that actually there is a huge amount of paperwork behind teaching. Yeah. Um, and I very often parents don't reckon, aren't able to see the quantities of assessments and paperwork that teachers are having to um, complete under well we've got, you know, of the expectations. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, for, if you go into teaching, you go because you're passionate about teaching you're not passionate about administration and doing all that paperwork. And I sure. think that aspect can actually
0: um, be quite frustrating for many teachers. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. What, what do you find is the is the most, I mean, other than, than watching someone grow, you know, as a coach, that's one of the things I absolutely love, you know, it's just working with somebody and, you know, and then just kind of helping them completely uncover a new way of, of living. And, and I think what do you find – for you, what's the biggest pleasure around teaching and, and helping other people?
1: Uh, yeah, the greatest thing for me is when I have a student that you can see, very often they come to us feeling, firstly, they've got very low self-esteem sometimes. Um, they believe that they're not good at it. They, believe, they think they're rubbish at it. And to watch that transformation, you know, watch someone come through your doors feeling not great about it all, and then leaving that door, knowing that they have, they, they get it, they can do it. Actually, they're much cleverer than they realize. They're much better than they realised they were. And watching that transition and being part of that journey with them, that to me is the essence of it, is that they walk away seeing greater value in themselves than they previously saw value in themselves. That's what mm-hmm. I believe my role is: is mm-hmm. that they, that you know, I see value in them and see greater value than they see in themselves, and mm-hmm. they start to realise that themselves. That's what it's mm-hmm.
0: about for me, Alex. Amazing, amazing. And what do you find when you're working with with some of these, you know, with, with these kids? And and I guess this is a great one for parents. You know, I'm kind of just looking at it as a, as a parent, so I want to ask this question and just kind of watching some kids and, and I've had the opportunity of, you know, just being around kids, you know, when I'm speaking and and, and stuff like that. And, and I see sometimes where you can definitely tell the difference between someone who's, you know, a confident child and, you know, and academically then that kind of, you know, it sort of portrays, you know, who they're going to be, you know, moving forward against somebody who is not as self-confident, you know, and then, often that kind of has an, uh, an impact on, you know, on their grading and their behavior and, and so on and so forth. Do you find that's, that's true as well? You know, do you find that the only reason, you know, kids either succeed or fail is kind of based around their limiting beliefs, whether they're limited or unlimited?
1: Oh, that, yeah, that's huge in that respect. And those limited beliefs, Alex, come from everywhere, don't they? They come from the school system themselves, from the teachers from parents um their their belief systems also actually we put limitations on ourselves don't we these belief systems come all around from us and they do have a profound effect on students and you know behavior is a communication Mm -hmm. these students are communicating to us and with my advisory role um i often go in and and i support students that actually display challenging behavior Mm -hmm. and uh the reason being, the way I see it, is because those students just don't fit the system. The mm-hmm. system is designed for a specific type of student, normally a student who has a very good working memory. Mm-hmm. Now, if your memory you know, is not as, as fast as somebody else's, in the system that we have created um, within mainstream schooling, a fast working memory is a massive advantage. You can jump through the hoops much easier than somebody else. Mm -hmm. And this is why one of my greatest passions, Alex, and why grade buses has been set up and the system we've created is to teach through understanding. If you understand something, you can make connections yourself and work things out. But if you just have to rely on your memory, which is how uh, very often a a subject like mathematics these days is, is taught is sometimes, you know, a student can, uh, to update, with up through the range of reaching their GCSE, so we're talking 16 years old, mm-hmm. they may have come across over 2,000 memory tricks. Wow. Now, those tricks don't necessarily, um, they, they, they won't understand. They very often have no concept behind them. For example, I don't know if you remember any from school. The kind of ones I hear these days are things like crisscross smiley face, bod mass, bid mass may have been one you've heard at school. Uh, Things like along the corridor up that says, these are all memory tricks. Mm. This has no, you know, mathematical understanding for them to understand. So going back to your question, you know, I think for students that uh, maybe don't, can't remember loads of things, it's absolutely key. If you want children or students to access high levels in their academic potential, you have to teach through understanding. And Mm. that's something I'm incredibly passionate about, Alex.
0: So what could parents do better at home?
1: Right. Well, uh, I think obviously the, the first thing is um, to be very careful that you don't transfer your own <laughs> academic, your own school journey if it was yeah. a negative one. You know, um, the fascinating thing for me, Alex, is um, I have never, ever heard anybody boast or brag that they're no good at reading and writing. Mm. However... I hear on a regular occurrence, people are quite happy to boast and brag. Oh, I was rubbish at maths. I'm useless at maths. I can't do mathematics. You know, mm. if they're at a, going out for a meal, oh, you you sort the bit the bill out because I can't do mathematics. You know, mm. and and it's fascinating in our culture that it's actually it's okay to celebrate your rubbish at mathematics. Mm. And really, that's quite a strange thing, isn't it? Um, so the first thing I'd say for parents is if you feel that. Uh, a subject that you don't feel very confident at or you don't feel, you know, <laughs> not to go on about how how difficult you found it because mm-hmm. you want your children. They're not you, are they? They yeah. have their own journey. And just because you might not be particularly good at something, it doesn't mean necessarily your own children aren't going to be. So of course, to maintain that positive attitude um, with regards to, you know, well, if, if we can't do it, let's find a way where we can and right. working together. Um, Parents these days are, well, I think parents have always been extremely busy. Uh, but, you know, we have numerous pressures on us with work and keeping the family structure. But, you know, supporting your child through that educational time, you know, that's a great way to interact and, and build such a fabulous relationship. And um, I think life and I know myself, I have to constantly remind myself, you know, not to be overrun by the pressures of life and Mm. remember that actually, you know, my why I had a child was to be able to support and raise them. Mm. And just by spending time with them, whether it's with their homework, um, that can enrich your relationship with them in so many ways. And you can discover so much about your child that
0: Mm. potentially you you could miss. Yeah, no, very, very true. No, and great. And what about teachers? You know, what do you think where are they missing a trick? Because you, you mentioned sometimes and I have, and I remember this, um, you know, sort of being at school that, you know, some kids got the, the push, you know, and and some kids unfortunately just never did, you know? And I, and I remember even kind of in adulthood speaking to people, um, where they would actually be quite frustrated and, and kind of, they've grown up being resentful with teachers because they felt teachers let them down. So, what's your, you know, and again, you know, this is not to sort of blame teachers because again, you know, they're just human beings, you know, they're having to follow a structure. They've got hundreds of students that they have to teach on on a daily basis, you know, and, and, and often it's hard to kind of just keep track of everybody, but in your experience and what you're doing now, you know, in this kind of advisory role, you know, what's kind of your advice, you know, if, if there are teachers listening and, you know, and they may be, struggling because they may have the same passion as you but may they may feel their hands are tied with regards to what they can and can't do because of the the kind of maybe current changes or maybe the restrictions they may have in their school so what sort of advice can you give if they wanted to to just be able to kind of help um or maybe even support somehow you know an individual student or a small group
1: yeah sure of course um yeah, it, it, it is difficult, isn't it, for teachers that have a particular curriculum they follow. But I think at the end of the day, um, I think being a teacher is a very personal thing, isn't it? And you just have to be yourself and, and inspire and be enthusiastic and, you know, not talk and talk, which I'm sure we all have a lot of memories. I, I've also, I've already referred to the fact that um, teaching, you know, teaching through understanding, you know, not for teachers to rely on these tricks – you see very often Alex uh for some teachers they have to rely on how they were taught themselves when they were students Mm -hmm. and very often we perpetuate things like the the myth the difficulties of a subject such Mm -hmm. as mathematics um because um we we just regard we do the same thing that we were done you know when we were children Mm -hmm. and um you know So we've got to somehow break that cycle. You know, don't just teach the way we were taught. Break Mm -hmm. that cycle. Um, And um, with regards to um, making sure that um, people can understand is absolutely, absolutely crucial. Mm -hmm. I think as well in schools with children, sometimes we move too quickly with things. Teachers are very pressurized to cover certain things within a particular time but I don't feel when I go and observe that we give students enough time to consolidate, become secure. We're so busy trying to move on to the next target, the next goal, the next learning objective that, um, I mean, I can remember, I mean, I I witnessed this through my observations as advisory teacher, but I remember being seven years old and I remember sitting in a lesson and, um, we were given, I'm sure you'll probably remember these objects. You used them when you were probably at school. Um, mm. You had the hundreds block. It was a big wooden block, the hundreds block, the, the row, the column of 10 units, and then the tiny little unit wooden mm. blocks. And I remember looking at these objects, and for some reason I could not make the connection mm. between those objects and the abstract symbols I was writing down. Well, in the exercise book, I remember thinking, I just do not make, the I cannot make this connection. Now, I actually had to stay behind and miss my playtime because I hadn't got through enough work. Yeah. I, I just remember sitting there thinking, I don't understand, and this is at seven years old, what hmm. these objects do to these. Now, of course, the next lesson the next day, those objects were gone and we were given a new thing. Maybe we were given a different set of objects like plastic teddy bears or buttons or something. Mm. And then the next lesson we were given new objects. Mm. Now I was thinking about this, Alex, when you're learning a musical instrument, you don't say to a student, well, today we're going to learn this on the piano. And then tomorrow I'm going to give you a new object. You're going to learn it on a recorder. And then the next day we're going to give you the violin. And the next day we're going to give you a different instrument. So why, why do we do it in other subjects? I'm a great believer, Alex, that we need to allow students to have enough consolidate, a consolidation time so mm. they are secure before we move them on. And what I witness in education is we're so quick to try to move them through things quickly that actually sometimes that secure nature of it is actually lost.
0: Mm. Yeah, and, and, and I really agree with what you're saying. And what you mentioned about some students um, – and, and, and it's scientifically proven There, some people, you know, everybody learns in different ways, you know, some people are visually, some people physically, some people, as you said, you know, with memory, you know, some people are a lot quicker, you know, in, in, in other ways, you know, it doesn't mean that academically you're smarter than me. It just means that how we learn things is slightly different. For me, it's kind of visually and, and actually physically doing something. That's when it really sticks with me. For me to sit there and read something, I just don't have the 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 attention span you know unless it's something that really grips me um so there were certain subjects where where I really struggled you know and, and i can really I can really relate to that um, do you think with um with with teaching instead of as you said, you know kind of using these wooden blocks and one of the things that used to really frustrate me I just never got it was that little that little bore thing with the wires and the beads on it. I just couldn't understand that. Oh, the, the abacus? Yeah. And listen, I don't even remember the name. That's how bad it is. Like, like <laughs> it's awful. And I remember, my like, kids playing with it, and I'm thinking, what is it? I used to just because it made noise. And, and I thinking, like, I just really didn't take to it. But he just sat down with me, and you showed me, you know, the two times table, three, four, five. And I had it in front of me and I could visually see exactly what it was, especially with mass. I was able to then understand, you know, the, the equations. I was able to then be able to work the problems, you know, and, and, and that was for me how, because I, I think it's how I think and how I am as an individual being quite black and white. It kind of goes in and it registers a lot easier. Um, do you find that, that's, as you said, you know, even with, like, with music, You know, we don't just all of a sudden start changing instruments, you know, all the time. Do you find that that's that's, um, that's something that, I guess, the education system needs to, to look at? And, you know, are they doing something about it, do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's something teachers can take ownership for. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever structure curriculum you're given, it's, it's down to you, isn't it, to mm-hmm. interpret that and deliver it in the most passionate and stimulating way. Um, what we do is we, we and Harness, the way we deliver is we tap into the three learning stimuli all the time. Mm-hmm. So we all learn, obviously, through audio. Visual and kinesthetic. Now, it may very well be that you are a more dominant learner visually. It may very well mean you're more dominant uh, audio. It's kind of irrelevant to me the dominant, whether you're dominant or not, or which are your weakest areas, because we tap into all three. All the time. Mm -hmm. And what this does, Alex, it guarantees no student is left behind because we're always tapping in audio, visual, and kinesthetic. And Mm. let's say maybe um, audio isn't the best way of learning for you. Well, we don't just say, well, because you're not very good at audio, we're just going to give it all to you visually and kinesthetically. No, we're going to give it to you to all three because then you will improve on the other one as well. Mm -hmm. And we've learned, haven't we now with all the research and the brain development and, um, with all being to know what we know about the brain. Now we know that this is a very flexible organ, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That you can fire up synapses and you can make connections that you didn't previously have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, That's why I'm very passionate, Alex, again, about tapping into those three learning stimuli all the time. You know, I I can remember when I'm back in my school day, I can remember sitting in a lesson and like an hour later, the bell would go and the teacher had been talking at us for a whole hour. Mm. And, you know, as a teenager, my brain had whizzed off somewhere else. (laughs) I remember thinking some days, oh, my gosh, I didn't hear a word of that. Because yeah. I just, you know, all I, it was being tapped into was audio mm. learning for me, and that actually wasn't enough for me because I know mm. I'm much more of a visual learner, and yeah. also I do love the kinesthetic approach as well. Yeah. So um, I think no matter what you're teaching, you can think creatively how you can tap into those three aspects all the time.
0: Yeah, no, amazing. And let's 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 get on to onto your your business. You know, talk to me about Grey Busters because I think it's. And I guess that's what you found, right? You found that niche where, you know, you've obviously seen, you know, where some of these grey areas are, potentially some of these issues. And, and, and yourself and your husband, I guess, moved on to, on to providing that service. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, Alex. Yeah, we, um, uh, you know, we, we, we recognize the, the education system and the, the good aspects as well. I don't want to sound like <laughs> just, you know, moaning and groaning, but um, there are aspects that uh, we picked up in particular that we felt really needed to be looked at. And uh, and that's what really uh, helped us to create our unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have, if I just quickly explain how grade buses work, we have three aspects to our business. Mm-hmm. The first one is we have a center that we have set up And that runs every Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And the courses we provide are um, English, mathematics, problem solving and exam preparation. And we run those courses uh, throughout the morning with our teachers that we have trained. We also have a tutor hub. And the Tutor Hub is for students that want one-to-one tutoring, so we outsource that. Mm-hmm. And then the third aspect of our business is where we are creating all our courses in the centre online. Mm-hmm. So actually what we want to do is get our message out sort of more globally, Alex, so anybody mm-hmm. anywhere in the world can touch into our unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so with regards to that, uh, the unique approach that we have created within our mathematics – if I just talk about mathematics – uh, with regards to that area, um, we've created a system. And what we've done uh, is, if, let me, if I can explain it in regards to, um, if you think about uh, a calculation such as 2 add 3 equals 5. Mm-hmm. Now, that are the abstract symbols of mathematics. Now, if you were an alien who popped down to space and you looked at those symbols, and you had had no formal teaching, those symbols would mean absolutely nothing to you. They would make no sense to you at all. Of course, they make sense to you, 2 add 3 equals 5, because you have had some formal teaching. So this is the world of mathematics, the abstract symbols. And we have called this the abstract world. Now, also, we have the real world, and the real world is real life problems. So if we take the abstract calculation I just gave you to add three equals five, if we put that in the real world, it would be something like, oh, today, I decided to bake an apple pie. So I went to the shop, and I put two apples in my shopping basket. And then I thought, oh, I haven't I need I think I need more for an apple pie. So I put three more apples in my shopping basket, I bought five apples all So this is the real-life world of mathematics. So we call this the real world. And finally, we have the third world, and this is the world our unique approach has created, and we call it the concrete world. And this is the world that will create a bridge between the two worlds of the abstract world and the real world to enable students to make connections. What we find in the education system is that um, through the curriculum, teachers are really encouraged to teach mathematics at the earliest stage through real life. But the problem with this, Alex, is that real life is extremely messy. Mm. Um, You have to understand mathematics first before you can start to apply it to real-life problems. So what we've done is we've created a concrete world where we have objects, concrete objects. So we're calling that metaphorical, you know, concrete objects. So Mm -hmm. we have things that we have created, the counters, the grid, and the store. And what we do is we teach mathematics through this concrete world to enable students to understand the abstract world of mathematics. Mm -hmm. Once you become familiar with this world, then in due course, as we start maintaining higher levels of understanding in mathematics, the minute they are become confused, we bring them back to the concrete world to allow them to make sense of it. Um, and it's a really powerful system, Alex, that we have created. Alongside that, we have our approach to teaching where we teach through direct teaching. This is where we, where we tell you the stuff that you become familiar with. The next step from that is where we use a process called escorted teaching. And this is where we guide and support you through what we've just taught you, still Uh holding your hand, guiding you through it. Very much you see in teaching, someone would teach you something and then say, right, turn to page eight and get on with it. Hmm. That doesn't happen with us. We have the next step, which is where we escort you through that teaching so that we hold your hand while you build your familiarity and you become proficient. And at that stage, we then have what we call become the teacher. And this is where you demonstrate your expertise. Because, Alex, if you can teach something to someone else, you get it. You understand it. So through our unique approach and through our way of direct teaching, escorted teaching and become the teacher, as well as tapping into audio, visual and kinesthetic all the time, We've created quite a robust, well, not quite, an extremely robust learning system to enable students to reach much higher levels of mathematics, Alex, than which are actually conceived in the education system, because our students understand. There are only 10 principles in mathematics that you need to understand to actually pass your GCSE mathematics exam. And, um, rather than teach them thousands of tricks that they have no understanding, Mm -hmm. when we stick to these 10 principles and they understand them, they then in turn can make connections themselves to be able to understand at higher levels.
0: Amazing. And what's, do you, um, do you kind of keep, actually, let me, let me phrase another question, (laughs) especially with, so what kind of age groups do you, do you work with?
1: Yeah, we work from anything from five years old to adults. Uh, well you know actually strangely if I give you an example in our center we have this thing where we call an open door policy Uh and that means all parents are allowed to watch every session in action the parents can sit at the back of the room and watch everything now the reason we do that is because we want parents to see the way we teach we want Uh parents to get on the inside to understand why our system is so powerful Uh and interestingly enough I've actually currently, at the moment, we've got a parent who was coming with her, her seven-year-old daughter, and uh, she was watching the sessions, and she actually came up to me and said, Heidi, the way you're teaching, I kind of get this. I think I can do mathematics. And she must now be in her early 40s. So what she's done is she's subscribed to our courses with her daughter, and she actually is doing her mathematics GCSE now, as you know, uh, with her daughter. Yeah. You see, what happens is, at uh, Grade Busters as well, we don't, uh, age doesn't make any difference to us. Mm-hmm. In schools, in mainstream, students are slotted into particular classes around their ages. Mm-hmm. But age isn't signif- is not completely, make- is- doesn't mean anything to us. It's no. all about your understanding. So what we do, Alex, is we slot you into the appropriate course of where your understanding is. Right. So as you see, in that scenario, Alex, I can have, you know, a 12-year-old in the same class as a Um, 40-year-old. I can have a five-year-old in the same class as Mm. a 14-year-old. Now, for some people, they will be thinking, no, you can't do that. There's no way. But I'm telling you, you can. If you teach through understanding, because whenever I teach anything, I teach at the earliest stage and build up to the highest level. So if at any point they've had any uh, of their understanding, any gaps in their knowledge, that's where... We, I, you know, we, we fill them in for them. And the other thing, Alex, is I'm a great believer. We cannot cap the potential of anybody. Mm. We have no idea of that person's potential. Mm. And I believe at Grade Busters, no matter what your age, I'm allowing you to access things at much higher levels than you would in the classroom, in the mainstream, because you know what? You very well can understand it. It's Mm. got nothing to do with your age.
0: Yeah, no, fantastic. That's amazing. And it's so good as well. What you said there, you know, that example with, you know, the mum and and the daughter, I think it's so important, especially for adults, you know, unfortunately with us, as we kind of get a little bit older, our egos get bigger, you know, and so does our pride, right? So, you know, and and it's nice sometimes to be able to, you know, what you were doing there, you're creating um a place where, as you said, it's an open door policy, you know, leave your egos at the door and here, look, you're, you know, we're all here to learn, you know, we're all here to grow together. And what you've done is by mixing children and adult, not only are you eliminating that pride, eliminating that ego, you're also teaching the little ones that listen, it doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, we can all learn, you know? And that's the, and, and, and I find that so beautiful because, what kids and adults need to understand is learning never stops, you know? And, you know, I often used to say when I used to reach something, oh, yeah, I've made it. And I realized now I'm never going to make it in my life, you know? And I've scrapped that because I've removed the ceiling. So I'm constantly going to keep growing as an individual because I always want to keep learning. Um, I have an interesting question because I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son. So... Technology is a huge thing, right? And, and I watched a video a few months ago where a guy said um, it was proven. He said that um, they did a test with a goldfish and, you know, with, you know, human beings currently at the moment with the society that we're in. And, and he talked about that a, um, a goldfish has a, a memory span of three seconds. And he asked the, uh, the host, what do you think, you know, the, the memory span of, of a human being today is? And as it turns out, it's two seconds. So it's actually less than a a, a goldfish. So, and it's it's interesting because I love watching people, you know, emotional intelligence is something that, you know, I'm I'm slowly becoming, you know, I I want that to become my expertise, you know. So I I love watching people listening and and understanding people's behaviors and, you know, body language, everything. And kids today, and just kind of in society, actually, let's let's not just kind of keep it to, to, to children, but... I want to use children because I guess that's probably the majority of your target audience because you know they're going through that kind of the the GCSEs or you know this is mainly aimed at schools. How have you found um, getting and keeping their attention span? Because that's something I really wanted to, to find out and I wanted to get your 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 interest in that because as you said, you know, some teachers sometimes. And I remember, as you described, being sad in school and the teachers just talking, talking, talking. And I'm drifting away thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I can't wait to go outside and play football or, you know, I can't wait to have, you know, chips and gravy or whatever, you know, hopefully they've got that for lunch, you know, and just, just not being present. And that was then, you know, and that was before we had, you know, mobile phones, internet, Facebook, and all of these things. Now, you know, kids have these things in their bag. And I remember speaking – in a school once and these kids were Snapchatting each other as I was talking and I could see them all talking to each other and this isn't a classroom. So their attention span is is a hell of a lot less. How have you found working with with, with these children now, you know, how have you been able to keep them? Open?
1: Well, the, th- the thing is, Alex, it seems that's really interesting what you raise here because, um, you know, you you can look at kids today and say oh they've got no attention span and da, 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 da. but actually when they are doing something they're engaged in how long do they concentrate for mm-hmm. so let's take for example they're on their xbox or their playstation yeah. i don't think they've got a short attention i don't think they play it for you know a few minutes ago i've, I've had enough now i not <laughs> <Yes, laughs> anyway do. the ones i know maybe some some, oh, no. yeah, some some kids obviously will maybe it won't be their thing but generally, on the whole of Maine, if I think about my own children, yeah, how long can they concentrate for? Oh, they can concentrate for a long length of time mm. if they are engaged and stimulated by it, mm. and I think sometimes um, we can think, oh things need to be very short and and, and quick because people 's attention spans. I tell you what, Alex, if you get grasped someone 's attention, they will listen to you as long as it goes on for if they are engaged in what it is that you are teaching them and I see that as my role as an educator that I have to find that way to stimulate and engage you and you know I've talked about our learning system that the way we teach through understanding. I'm not just teaching you fickle tricks that the minute you've walked out that door, you're going to forget. The way I teach, Alex, I teach very memorably. I can use the intonation of my voice. And as silly as this is going to sound, I do things like this. When I want them to remember something, I might say, and oh, dividing by six, go to the 6 table. I, I, I make it interesting engaging. Yeah. I vary my intonation. I make actions you know, teaching is a physical thing. It's not stand and talk and chalk. Mm. You know, it's an expression. It's a communication. So, you know, if you think about the ways that kids actually can be engaged in their concentration spans, you know, they can engage in concentration. We've proven that through their games that they're playing. I believe if you engage them in an engaging, stimulating way and about something that they can relate to and they can understand – then you get that concentration, but um, yeah, I—that's I, I th- what I believe in.
0: Mm, no, amazing, and, and I think it's—I um, think it's really, really important for um, you know for for kids to kind of to to, to develop, um, you know, and 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 grow, but also I guess. You, you touched on the uh, the Xbox thing, you know, and, and with education, you're absolutely right. If they've got something that they're engaged in, they're going to stay engaged. You know, I, I often say to, to, to my daughter, you know, about following her passion, you know, follow that passion, you know, and kind of stick with it and grow, you know, along that. But don't just limit yourself to that, you know, open your mind to be able to be flexible around other things, you know, try things. And if you don't like it, then move on to something else, you know, it's okay to do that. There was no such thing as, you know, as, Oh, well, you failed. If you quit, then okay. You know, there may be a, you know, but if you've tried something and, and you've gone for it and you've enjoyed it, then that's fantastic. And I think as you, you touched on, you know, there are certain things, sometimes it takes people a little bit longer. And I always say to people, don't give up until you've really, really tried it, you know, because sometimes you're only a step away from that success, you know, from really, really reaching your goals. Um, talk to me about, because um, you, you, you mentioned um, about having the the, the classes. So, so you do, you know, I guess working on with uh, uh, classroom based. And how does that kind of, divide with with the online do you have it at the same time or, or is it different
1: yeah um well the class sessions obviously at the center happen at a particular time so people have to physically be there sure. which is fantastic if you live near us <laughs> if you don't that's where it gets difficult so what i do with regards to online is um uh, you would sign up for a course a specific course that we were that you were wanting to access And how that works is, so say, for example, at the moment, I'm running a course right now, Alex. And what we've created is seven years of arithmetic teaching I've packed into 10 weeks. All right. So normally what would take seven years in the mainstream education system, I've packed into a 10-week course. And how that works is every week we have a Zoom call meeting. So I send my students a link. They click into the link, and it's very quick and easy to do. They just click into it, and it allows them to set up the app, which is all free. And then we can communicate visually through a comp- like a conference call through a screen. They can see me, I can see them, and I will deliver uh, each week. The, we will re- review the module we've just done to see if there's any questions or any issues. And then also I then teach them the elements of what's to come in the next module. Uh Uh, And that's once a week. And that lasts between 40 to 50 minutes. Uh Uh, It's very engaging, very interactive. Uh And then what happens, I will, after that call, I release for them their week's uh, materials. And this Uh compiles of lots of videos, lots of activities and worksheets um where they go through it's it's literally just clicking on a link and following each one Mm -hmm. and uh as they go through all that there's also um i have a a document where they can relate to which keeps them tracked so they can tick off everything that they've completed so that they don't they make sure they don't miss out any activities or any videos to watch and uh, of course also we have our own little private facebook group And that's where I release lots of bonus materials, lots of bonus information. It allows us to chat and interact with each other. If they've got any questions, if something that they've they've occurred to them, they want to ask. So they they basically have me as a tutor 24 seven. They can access me by through these channels, through the Facebook call, if they've got any questions. And, uh, and that's really how it works. And it runs for 10 weeks, this particular course. Yeah. And, um, so it's, it's quite a, a different package compared to the centre. Uh, the centre, the process is a little bit longer, where online I've been able to pack it all in quite tightly into
0: quite a powerful package. Yeah, amazing. And how, you know, for, for parents and, and even students who, who are listening, how can people reach you and, you know, and, and be able to, to find the courses and, and have that conversation with you?
1: Yeah, of course. Well, the best thing to do is to go to our main website, which is www.gradebusters.co.uk, and uh, if you Google that, uh, you'll see if you scroll down, we have a promotion video which kind of describes the actual centre and what happens there. And there's also a tab for online courses. Or alternatively, all you need to do is just send an email to info at Gradebusters.co.uk, and just say, hi guys, I'm interested in your online mathematics course. Can you send me through some information? So either way, that, that's how they can contact us if they are interested in finding out more.
0: Amazing. Great stuff. And so with regards to, um, you know, sort of like for you, what's your, your your mission now? You know, if we were to kind of talk, you know, if you were to kind of look at where you are right now, Where would you want to see, you know, grade busters and and what you're providing, you know, in the next few years?
1: Yeah, well, um, the mission is really is about helping people to reach their full potential, whether it be mathematics or English, whether it be exam preparation, problem solving, on their personal journey through education. And this is kind of manifested in our mission statement where, we want to invent, create, build, implement and provide access to, you know, the necessary array of resources, systems and products and courses which are which contain our principal approach to education, mm. uh, which will transform the knowledge and understanding of all our students. We, we have a saying that we use, Alex, in our centre, which is we believe everyone can do mathematics. It's the way you are taught. Mm. And um, that to us is is profoundly significant that it really is about the way um, that you are taught. So with regards to our vision what we are hoping to aspire to is really is to have worldwide access for all uh, yeah. to access our methodology and our principles and um, through online courses and also through Gradebuster Centres. Mm-hmm. you know what we our vision is is that for every 100,000 people we would like to be able to provide a center so people can access these for those the you know gives them the appropriate environment for the essential you know human interactions where some people being in the center uh you know it allows them to access our content but they feel they need that discipline to be somewhere in mm-hmm. an environment but alternatively of course we've also got our online courses where you can access from the comfort of your own home, can't you? You know, yeah. you can view the course materials in your own time that's convenient right. for you. You don't have to worry about traffic and being somewhere at a particular time. You know, yeah. so both those dimensions, uh, will, will, we are hoping is what will give worldwide access for all. You know, the dream is to improve everyone's life chances by helping them to enjoy achieving their full academic potential so that they know how valuable they are. Um, We believe that it's, you know, our role as educators to see greater value in our students than they see in themselves. Um, Another another quote we have is, um, those that believe they can't realise they can. Mm. You know, those students that come to Grade Busters and think that they're no good at mathematics or no good at English or no good at whatever it might be, we show them, allow them to realise that actually they can. Mm. But also those who believe they can, Those people who believe that they are good at mathematics, what we do for them is we take them to that next level where we allow them to realize why. Why is it things are the way they are? We give them that deeper understanding, again, for those that feel they're able, mathematicians, to take them to that next level. Um, So, yeah. That that's our our vision and dream for Gravebusters.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, fantastic. <laughs> and it's and listen, and it, it's really really amazing what you're doing. You know, I, I think it's it's fantastic, and and I wish you nothing but success. You know, with 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 this journey because I think it's it's so so important to have, you know, this support and and this network. You know, where where people can speak to each other. You know, they can. And they can be quite free around it as well, you know, and be able to express, you know, their, their concerns, their worries. And as you said, I've kind of, you know, certain things that I've eliminated from, from my vocabulary is the word can't the word failure, the word perfection. You know, these things for me, they don't really exist. You know, I think it's just, all they do is they just create more and more limiting beliefs. And as you said, one of the things that I believe is, you know, and has, you know, it has been said before that I believe we are all born geniuses, you know. We're we're not, and especially now watching my daughter, you know, she's just five weeks old, and just watching her just soak everything up, you know. And I'm so conscious of just making sure that she, you know, she kind of receives all the kind of positive energies, and you know, and she she can kind of see the world from a um, a limitless. You know, way instead of you know those limited beliefs, which you know, which which we discuss, and unfortunately, it's one of these things that just kind of gets passed down from generation to generation, right? And um, it seems like you're trying to break that mold. Absolutely,
1: and you know, Alex, i'm um, you know, for you to have your lovely, beautiful new daughter, I mean, what an exciting journey that is for you. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? You have that. Uh, I mean, she's so lucky to have a dad like you that is open-minded. That wants to provide her with an environment that she can actually thrive and grow to her her potential. And for some of us, not all of us, are started with that footing in life. You know, for many of the students I work in my advisory role, they have the cards stacked against them. You know, they have a lot of very challenging things just to. For some of the students I meet, they are literally just surviving day to day. You know, for them, um, you know, I, I, for all walks of life, there's also the students that come from home backgrounds where they have uh, a lot more to, uh, to access and uh, that more nurturing environment. And for you to be able to give that to your daughter is um, incredible. Alex, I have to say, I, I love chatting to you. I mean, this has been a real privilege for me to be able to share my knowledge with you. Um, mm. I can't think of a greater way of spending my time than, you know, sharing what, you know, over a course of 30 years I've learned and being able to harness that and pack it in and uh, allow you to uh, hear about it. So I want to say a massive thank you uh, for allowing me this experience and opportunity.
0: Thank you. Now, listen, I, I love all these things. As I said, you know, I'm, I'm a student first, you know, I'll always be the student first. You know, I, 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 I really relate to to these, to, to, to the kids, and, and I want to say this to the parents and the kids who, who are listening to this that don't have that, um, you know, that privileged background. I didn't come from privilege, you know. I grew up in, in, in Brazil from a very, very humble beginnings, you know. And then when I came here, it was no different. But one of the things that, and unfortunately it was installed in me to, to have fear and, you know, and I kind of to sort of understand that things are limited. Some of us aren't made to have these things. And I understand today and I truly believe in my heart that that is not true. You know, it is not true. It is down to you to believe that. If you believe you're not going to achieve, then you're not going to. But if you remove those limited beliefs, you can be and achieve anything. So for any students, any mums, any dads, any children who are listening to this, you know, who are struggling, there you go. You've got exactly what Heidi's providing there. You know, it's step by step, you know, to show you that you can succeed. And I always say this in life, you know, when I'm coaching adults, you know, and when I'm just speaking, you are the one in the driving seat, you know, you have control, you live in your lane and just remove the barriers, you know, and just believe in yourself and just trust that process. And all you have to do is just take one step in front of the other, you know, and you will find that the fear, you know, will start to kind of fall away. And the more and more you do this, you start to then learn more positive behaviors, you know, things which will make you a, a greater and, and a better person, whether, if, you know, if, as you said, even having, you know, from a child to an adult, you know, I believe there are no, there are no, there is no reason for, for any of us to stop. Am I right?
1: Oh, I think, listen, we, we're only on this planet. Where we're only given one chance for this particular life, whatever yeah. whatever someone's, your beliefs might be. But this point at where we are here and now, this moment, we just, you know, we need to embrace it and uh, just flourish as best we can and enjoy that journey because otherwise there's not much point being. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Uh,
1: but for me, growth and and enjoyment is to stimulate my mind to learn new things, to access new things, and uh, actually to discover something you thought you couldn't do and then find out actually you can do is yeah. a, a real kick, isn't it? It's a real kind of oh. woo, you know.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm, absolutely and listen I find this myself every day and you probably will too you know and, and you will continue to do this you know there are certain things where at first we're not able to do it but as you see, you you touched on earlier about you know you don't just focus on their strengths you also look at you look at the weaknesses as well and I think that's so important I I it's been a year now actually I've been doing CrossFit and CrossFit is a sport that has really humbled me in a sense where, you know, all other sports that I've done before, you know, it tends to kind of be for my strength, but CrossFit was one of them that really touches on my weaknesses and, oh my God, has it been humbling, but in the sense where he has also developed the biggest strengths within me, you know, he has shown me that I am such a greater person for it, you know, that I can do so much more and, that has helped me in, you know, in my business. That has helped me in my, you know, mental, physical, you know, spiritual journey. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, listen, I'm all up for for learning, and you know, and I really hope, and I will put. By the way, guys, if you are listening, I'm going to put the email and the website as well. So if you are a parent, you are a student, and you do want to go and speak to Heidi. All you have to do is just have a look at the bio and just go and click on a website or drop her an email so you can have a little chat with her. Heidi, thank you so much. I just want to carry on doing this, but I think <laughs> we, could, we should end it on this big, massive high and carry on because I really want to see where you're going to, you know, where you're going to go in this journey, you know. And, and hopefully we can stay in this together and, you know, and, and keep spreading the word
1: Oh, no. But, well, do you know what, Alex? You've inspired me. I'll tell you why. Because um, I've been meaning to try CrossFit for a little while now. And um, I, I even went down to the centre to enrol, but for some reason I couldn't because the chat wasn't there or, or some reasons which, which allowed me to get out. of <laughs> Alex, you've inspired me. I think I'm going to pull the trigger and give yes. CrossFit a go. I mean, I, I love exercise. I used to do quite a lot of weight training and uh, I'm looking for something else uh and uh you've inspired me today
0: yeah no definitely go thank you no I listen I I can't you know recommend it enough I'm actually working towards my my level one um to be a CrossFit coach so that's going to be a, a chink in my armor so yeah it's definitely it's um it's one of those it's one of those sports where because you have such a mix of you know different types of exercises and you incorporate everything together, that's one great thing from a physical perspective and your fitness level, amazing. You know, it's absolutely amazing. But the one thing I really love about it is that community, you know, it's that community and it's the sense of um which is what we touched on as well, that kind of sense of learning where no one gets left behind. You know, the the ego gets left at the door, everybody comes in, you're in that box and you're sweating some people even crying and but you know what everyone cheers you on doesn't matter whether you come first or last you know this is the thing it does not matter you know everybody encourages each other all the way through until the end you know and then we all pass out on the floor you know just in our sweat but it's uh <laughs> definitely
1: give <it> a go. <laughs> i've got a lovely picture in my head now alex <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah definitely give it a go it's amazing it's amazing listen thank you so much it was really lovely to to speak to you and um yeah let's definitely do this again in the future oh
1: uh, thanks Alex. i've really had a brilliant time i've really enjoyed myself a fabulous experience and uh Yes, I'd, I'd love to another time. I've got much more to share. So <laughs> Yeah, let's
0: definitely do it. Let's definitely do it. Listen, guys, thank you so much for for listening and, and spending time with us once again. If you have any questions, then you can go onto our website, which is www.happiestlarrygroup.com And as I said, if you want to, to speak to Heidi and you want to find out more, you know, about what she's doing and, and understand a little bit more about her support, I will put the email, and the website uh, on the bio again. So uh listen, have a fantastic day, afternoon, evening, week, wherever you are in the world. It was always amazing to, to be here with you guys, and I will see you on the next episode. Take care.